The following podcast contains spoilers. We strongly recommend you watch the episode of The Americans we're discussing before listening to the podcast. New episodes air Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on FX. What's going to raise the stakes of him the most? Does it work better when I yell? Does it work better when I feel bad and cry? See, it's funny, like, when we do the spy stuff, it's less about what I'm feeling and more about their reaction. Welcome to Slate's TV Club Insider Podcast for Season 4 of The Americans, where today we'll be discussing the season finale, Persona Non Grata. I'm June Thomas, a writer and editor at Slate, and I'm the host of this podcast, which takes you behind the scenes of the show. Today, I've returned once again to grass-fed Gowanus, Brooklyn, where the show is made. I'm joined by Joe Weisberg, the creator of the show. Hi, Joe. Hi, June. And his co-showrunner and co-executive producer, Joel Fields. Hi, Joel. Hey. Oh, and a couple of crazy kids you may have heard of, the stars of the show, Elizabeth and Philip Jennings, a.k.a. Kerry Russell and Matthew Reese. Hello, Kerry and Matthew. Hello. Hello, June. <laughs> I, think, I do think dressing up and playing at make-believe um, for a living qualifies you as a kid. So I'll take that description. <laughs> okay, so you started this season with Stan and Philip grappling, and now their kids are making out. Matthew, why do you think Philip is so freaked out by... Paige's budding relationship with Stan's son, Matthew? I think for a number of reasons. Um, I think uh, at any base level, any, any father with a daughter um, has this sort of instinctive, intrinsic sort of sense that no, <laughs> no male should come near her anyway. But also f- probably or possibly that he's concerned that what this season has meant for Paige in, in that she is taking her newfound role Possibly to a degree that, he, you know, he warned Elizabeth about or, or, or warned Elizabeth the, the sole reason why he didn't want Paige to know is sort of in a way coming tr- becoming true in, in some respect. And, and she's pa- possibly taking that role further than he would like it in some very dangerous waters. Operationally, though, there might actually be an advantage to having, you know, a source of information from inside the Beeman house, don't you think? I, I think that's a dark way to look at it. But um, as soon as I read that they started kissing a few episodes before, or maybe the past episode, it, it's such a good Romeo and Juliet story. And, um, you know, all the metaphors are there. And I, because there's so many similarities, I mean, they're both these kind of kids who have been left by parents who don't, who aren't ever around. And they're, um, there are all these secrets in the house. And you know, they probably really relate to each other on some level too. But I think it's also dangerous just them sharing information is dangerous to us. We've already had a massive leak with freaking Pastor Tim. Look how that went. Told you. (laughs) I said kill him. (laughs) I said don't tell her. Um, do you guys, Joe and Joel, do you really think of Paige as being kind of, she's already signed on to be an agent in some way? Oh, not yet. No, she's not there. I mean, I don't think so. I think the the whole question that you see opened up that you're referring to is, 
where's she going? And I don't think I don't think we want to give that away. And I'm not sure we even know the exact answer. But I think those questions are so fertile, and particularly the ground that I think we discussed here before between just being a member of this family, just being the kid of this couple, and then actually officially being an agent of the Soviet government is really, really interesting. Yeah, I remember early in the season uh, when Joe and I were taking a long walk to break the second half of the season, and we are talking about Elizabeth's moments with Paige where she was talking about her life in the Soviet Union. We started to get excited about the idea that Elizabeth was recruiting Paige to be her daughter, that, that she was doing what, what mothers do, and there was something very genuine about it. And I think similarly, you could say Paige is becoming an agent of the family and how that extends from Elizabeth to the family, to the Soviet Union, that's why it's so dangerous. And why when you ask, well, is it operationally good to have somebody inside that family? Sure, it could be operationally good, which is the very reason why it's so friggin' disturbing to yeah. parents. Yeah, you do have the sense that if she, to the extent that she's given some information, it's because she's joining the family business. She's not a communist, right. but right. Well, she, she wants also, to- but- Okay. And all kids do that. I mean, if you think about any family and the secrets of a family, whether it's something dark like an abusive dad or, or a drunk mom or something, every kid is the agent for the family. I mean, you lie and you protect and you, that, that's your thing to protect whether you like it or not. That's just what you do. And every parent recruits the kid to be that too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, in, in one of the real cases of a real illegal here, when they made the pitch to their son to join them, which the FBI happened to be recording, the pitch was to join the family business. It wasn't all about the right. about being part of a Russian spy network. No. It was about being part of what the family does. Of course, because it, it, it's not relatable to sort of Russia. I think you know, or the cause of communism does is what's relatable is what's in front of you. And also, I think this this thing of being given responsibility in a way of, of the, those first flushes when you're an adolescent of being treated as an adult, I think, yeah, is quite is quite intoxicating. Yeah. Kerry, in previous seasons, Elizabeth, she's been, like, seriously injured. She's had a tooth pulled out by her, <laughs> her husband. Um, this season, we saw something really kind of different where she got to have a friend. Um, it was still befriend she befriended Youngki for operational reasons so it was still part of her job but did it feel kind of odd to actually get to be showing Elizabeth enjoying herself with someone other than her immediate family yeah it was I mean um and more than that you know the the sad part is those scenes was that your episode where we were um you know where she is finally finding herself wanting to call a friend and but it's not a friend and that like complicated idea of like you know oh right they're not really my friend i'm i I need them but (laughs) i'm gonna fuck their lives over in about (laughs) two days um yeah i think that was complicated and fun and um and really interesting for elizabeth in in fact we were just talking about this um it speaks to this season, to me, for Elizabeth. Um, so much about this season has been about the small emotional growths and watching Paige and how it affects her and um, emotionally. But what, the scene where Gabriel sort of um, discusses with us about it's time to go home, that scene, I, I, I think that's the mo- one of the most revelatory 
scenes that I've read about Elizabeth when, I don't know if that line is even still in there because we haven't shot it, but she's like, do they not need us anymore? <laughs> like, that's her whole identity, you know? Like, Philip has we'll had relationships. <laughs> Philip has had relationships with people, you know, but yeah. to, like, that's all yeah. Elizabeth has. She has no friends. She has no, you know, it's like, well, then what do I have? I don't want to go back to Russia. I, I want this. Yeah. I want my life. Um, so I think a lot of this season has been about those small little moments. There was a line which I think got cut out. I, I noticed it in different versions of the script where, um, you know, Philip thinks Elizabeth would go back to Russia if it wasn't mm. for the kids. And Elizabeth thinks um, Philip would stay if it wasn't for being a spy. I mean, that's really interesting that they have those different senses well, they're really in agreement. In the, in the latest version, they're in uh -huh. agreement that it's about the kids. Mm. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah. They got there in the end. Yeah, I mean, it is because he says it's time to go home, and we're like, that, that's not our kids' home at all. I mean, it, it's amazing that we come home, and right after that conversation, and Henry is watching the giant football games, like, right, that kid's going back? <laughs> no. <laughs> that kid won't survive a day. <laughs> you can barely make it through American life. So, no, I'm, I'm totally... <laughs> but it's one of the beautiful things about, uh, to me, about this season is is what this relationship has been, is you think about where these characters started and how through it all, they're together in all of this. And, you know, it's it's easy to be married when there's no conflict and when you're very similar and you're not tested. But boy, when you're two very different people, one of whom wanted to defect and one of whom yeah. wanted to keep spying and somehow you work it out and then they try to recruit your child yeah. and you don't know what to do about that and everyone's trying to kill you. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. You should, you should write a TV series. <laughs> Some serious dramaturgy. Yeah. You guys mentioned Henry, and I find that kid fascinating, but also a bit puzzling. He's, he's like blissfully ignorant of everything that's going on around him. And in some ways, he feels like the only happy person yeah. in the show. Yeah. Um, like, How do you see him? How do you see your boy, Henry? It's funny. I, I, I actually don't see him like that. And, and I, well, I, think, less less. I think there's a, a very deep-rooted sadness to him, um, possibly projecting my own past. No, oh. no. <laughs> but, you know, I think there's... I think there's I think, you know, in our show, there's great isolation in 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 every character. As much as it's a show about relationships, I think the a number of times the sort of great sadness comes from these deeply isolated incidents, or, or when people feel isolated, which you know I think is a reflection of of life anyway. But I think Henry does put a a, a face on. I, I think him the the sort of reaching out to Stan is. I find it very upsetting to see that, incredibly upsetting. and um, Because he's not reaching out to Philip. Yeah, uh, and yes, for that reason, and, and that he, you know, that's where he finds his, you know, comfort in a way. It's, it, it's I always find that sad to read. Philip has a speech at his EST meeting mm. um, about how being a travel agent is the only job he's ever had and he chose it so young and, you know, now it's so hard and he wonders if he really should have been a, a travel agent. And, of course, we know there that he's talking about being a spy, really. Is he? Is he? But, but <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you guys... Can we reshoot that? <laughs> oh, boom. <laughs> do you guys ever think that about being actors? 
I was about to interrupt you and say, <laughs> I honestly thought they wrote it about acting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, oh I, know, oh, I know how to play this. No, we wrote it about writing. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I th- yeah, it's true. You can, I think you can pin that one on, on many of us. You do, you know, that, those, whatever you were, 17, 18, you go, oh, I know what I want. <laughs> and, then, and then you find yourself decades later going, what was I thinking? I could have been a welder or something. I could have, I, you know, I, th- I think that these, you know, existential questions we all ask ourselves at a certain age, but it, it's great. It's, it's instantly relatable. Mm. You started very young, Carrie. Do you ever have that feeling of, oh God, why did I choose this? Oh, yeah, I have it all. I mean, I, <laughs> I've left before though too. Oh. Um, and, you know, Yes, I have those feelings all the time. I, I mean, I'm never solidly say, I'm an actor. You know, I always give some half response about it. But interestingly, I think I'm enjoying it more, um, maybe because I work less. I mean, th- this show takes up, you know, five months a year. Um, but then the rest of the time, I'm really with my kids. So um, it. Yes, I I do have a complicated relationship with it. It's a complicated business. I think, especially for a woman, it's a yeah. it's a complicated business to be in. One of the first lines in the script for this episode is Elizabeth carrying a laundry basket <laughs> enters <laughs> from the balcony. Um, how has it been to have a lot of objects placed in front of your midsection this season? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I just <laughs> ate a lot of burritos. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's there's been a lot of that towards the end, but it's been okay, I think. Um, <laughs> it's been okay. It's it's more for the camera guys, you know, <laughs> those poor guys. There was one great moment in um, Seven for Dinner where you brought in a salad bowl, and I did want to ask, how many people are actually coming to this dinner? <laughs> there seems to be salad for 28. <laughs> I all, and I did ask props. It's like, where did you find that salad bowl? And they just gave a look as if to say it was like the grail. There are also a lot of jackets. Like a every lot once in a while, it's like, it's like in the bedroom and she's in a winter jacket. And you're like, really? I don't know. <laughs> but, but also, <laughs> yeah, the standing, I, I like the, the standing in front of the fridge with the door open and <laughs> chatting over the open refrigerator For doors. For a long yeah. time. Yeah, she really yeah. can't make up her mind. Yeah, I just, I just really, there's so much to look at in here. It's amazing what you can justify, though, with the jackets in the bedroom. And you're like, I think they're just, they're so, they're so freaked out. They just, they wouldn't have taken their coats off. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Well, now that the season's done airing, we'll, we'll give one of the secrets, which is we hope that by doing some judicious uh, CGI a little bit in every episode, it sort of takes the audience mind off all of the laundry baskets and refrigerator (laughs) doors and jackets. Because if once or twice during the episode, you see the normal figure. Um, yes. Then we fill in the rest. We yes. hope. We hope that everybody filled True. in the rest. Go ahead and email June Thomas your thoughts. <laughs> They've been CGI my guts in season one. <laughs> <laughs> it comes out of my pocket. <laughs> the show sometimes gets meta, right? In episode, when you told us you were pregnant, yeah, <laughs> we thought about it, and then we said, you know, when, just so you know, we're not going to change the story. We think we're going to yeah. do this. We're going to stick with the story that yeah. we've broken, and we knew, but you didn't know that in episode 11, you were going to be confronting Dawn <laughs> with your fake pregnancy. Yeah, right. What is it possibly like, as meta as we get, to be actually pregnant, playing not pregnant, <laughs> pretending to be pregnant? Oh, 
God. I was just more worried about all the makeup that I had on in the crazy 1980s coats. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, um, it didn't... It, it, that was such a brief scene that it wasn't like... You know, it would be one thing, I think, if, if it was two months long of like talking about being pregnant and but, but that was such a a quick spurt in um the the moment and it was really about watch see it's funny like when we do the spy stuff it's rare that you really feel or I don't I, I I'm not really like it's less about what I'm feeling and more about their reaction because you're just like prodding and pushing another person is really what those scenes to me are about so it was more about getting him to like what's going to raise the stakes of him the most does it work better when I yell does it work better when I feel bad and cry like what you know what I mean that's kind of more what it was less about what I was saying and more about watching him that's so interesting is that because you think Elizabeth is kind of has to go into a detached zone to do that stuff or what's the well I just feel like in those, um, in those spy things, I mean, I don't know how you do it either, but in those spy things, it's, it's more about uh, the reaction of the other. You're, you want the other person to do something. And that oh, because you're manipulating them. Yeah, yeah, I wanted him to be, like, wanted nothing to do with me and wanted to be freaked out enough when I left, you know? And whatever, like, we tried many different ways. We tried really yelling. I tried threatening him sort of with it. We tried kind of crazy girl. We tried being really vulnerable and sad. Like, I can't believe you want to offer me money. You fucking asshole. Like, you know, you slept with me. Um, you know, we tried all that stuff. And it's just, um, but I actually didn't think too much about my own pregnancy. <laughs> I was probably thinking about a donut. <laughs> <laughs> That's the take we used. Yeah. The donut. <laughs> yes. You had a, a, a vacant, almost glazed look. Well, funny you should say glazed. <laughs> you know when the uh, when the KGB ran that con, I think we mentioned that to you. That's a con the KGB actually no. ran. Oh, it's based on real things that the KGB no. did. Yeah, they ran it inside the Soviet Union. They would run it on diplomats and even people as high level as ambassadors fell for that. Yeah. And uh, after they would run it, you know the they would there would be an actual affair, it would be a honey yes. trap, and then the woman would say, "I'm pregnant and and I am going to get an abortion." And then the people who would come in to to do the next part of it would be police. So like three or four policemen would bust into the guy's apartment and say, this woman died. It was usually that she died during the abortion. Right. Oh yeah. my God. I mean, Oh my God. And to, to be honest, more of the, the emotional thing I was thinking about was less about Don and, and about the friend. It was I like, oh, yeah. I can't believe I did. Like, I'm ruining. And also that you had before the scene where you see, watch the little kids get into the car and it's just like, ugh. It was like, it's their whole lives ruined. And they're so That's cute, though. And they're so cute, like, those kids. The cutest kids, kids we ever had on the show. Every, really every time I look at that scene of Don and Young-hee driving away and Elizabeth oh. saying, let's get some pizza, I think I'm never leaving my children. <laughs> anyone. I don't care how well I know them. It's so <laughs> no. disturbing. It's yeah. so disturbing. Yeah, that felt really bad. Least of all you, Carrie. <laughs> that, that felt really bad. That's so great, I think, for Elizabeth to have the, 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 the you know, the zealot to have a conscience a human pricked, cost. you know, yeah. like the, anything, and anything is justified by the cause, but to have that yeah. questioned, I think, is makes for great, play, you know, real stakes to get your teeth into. Yeah. 
And because we never see the calls, we never see why she's still, you know, connected to the Soviet Union, why she still believes in communism. It's much easier to see why she would have feelings for young he and Don and the kids. It's true. Joe and Joel, with Oleg, Arkady and probably or eventually Tatiana leaving the Residentura and Nina dead, you've totally reset the Russian actors, it seems, maybe, probably. Um, why did you want to do that? And can you give us any clue to the extent that you even know what's going on in season five as we're, what's happening with the Russian-speaking characters? No, I don't think we want to give that away. <laughs> I th- I, seriously, I think we want people to know that there's something interesting coming. I don't want to go further than that. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Their faces are amazing right now. If only we were on video. Yes. <laughs> But it's a it's a big it's a big poor Henry. Change. <laughs> poor Henry runs. <laughs> yeah. it, it is a big change though. We're, we've said goodbye to a lot of people that we've known and you liked. Think this well, follow up this, is going to get it out of us. By the way, that follow up is going to be sorry for him. Do you know it's goodbye? No, I said no. Well, you said yeah. Yeah, that's right. As long as one breathes, one breathes. That's right. So you get that bullet in the back of the head in this show. There's always a chance. No one's safe on this show. <laughs> That's true. Because we're going to season seven is going to be the vampire version. It's going yeah. to be Ooh, Nina. That would be good. And, yeah. They come back. Oh my God. Finally, the, finally the, ratings. As, <laughs> as the undead and who's the vampire slayer. When we spoke to John Langgraf a few weeks ago, um, he mentioned that one of the things that he consults with you guys on is finales. And obviously it's a trickier episode to write than the others, which are already tricky. What's different about writing a finale episode? Uh, it's funny. I would say our process was different on this finale and really this final run of four episodes than it has been any other season. It involved it involved very long walks, which that is not different. In fact, one that actually took us all the way across the Brooklyn Bridge and, and well into Manhattan from from Guanas. Uh, but it also involved something new, which was completely going MIA and hiding from the office. We just stopped coming in. We, we started hiding out at my house and uh, shutting off our phones. Um, but it also involved, we, we wrote our first draft of this final episode. And then afterwards, we looked back at, at some of our notes and some of the original thoughts we had for the emotional crises at the end of the season and wound up using those to amplify further. But... Um, it was it was more a process of following the rest of the emotional journey as we saw it than it was working backwards from any crisis. You know, I also remember something very specific John said to us. I don't think it was this season. I think it was after season one or two, which was that in their experience of many years of doing many finales, they had learned something. I don't know if it's exactly counterintuitive, but it's not intuitive. It certainly wouldn't have occurred to me, which is that a finale has to be satisfying, but not too satisfying. So they had seen over and over again that even when people really, really love a show, if the finale is fully satisfying, they don't come back the next season. Like even if it's one of their favorite shows, they're just done. They're just done. So you have to, you have to, but, and yet if they're not satisfied enough, they're irritated and they don't come back. So you have to really find that balance and it's not easy to do. What do you guys think about this finale? Do you feel like we're at that good balance? I thought it was great. I loved these last two episodes. I thought they were, and you know, 
we're not in that much of them. Interesting, for the first time, in, in a great way. I mean, you know, a lot of the other characters are sort of teeing it up. Um, I feel like a lot of the action is sort of happening without us. But I love the Williams stuff. I, thought, mm. I think that stuff is so well-written and so beautiful, what he's talking about and, and scary. You know, I'm really, I was really scared reading it for Philip. I'm like, oh, he's going, he's going. Oh, no, no, his man's going. Oh, um, uh, I was like, what was that noise? Oh, you're in the finale. Don't wait for me. <laughs> but it's funny. You, it, you talk about not being in it, but that whole sequence where William is talking yeah, about really what it was like to be yeah. a spy and to be alone here. He's just telling Stan about Philip and Elizabeth lives yeah so although you're not in that scene you're very present absolutely it was really sweet and tender and i really loved um i like how complicated the 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 altercation with pages how she's involved in that when i give the guy the beat down or kill that guy um and how how it was really upsetting afterwards to see how upset she was you know and i think that really takes elizabeth off guard um, at the same time, though, Paige seems to then says, "Oh, could you teach me some of that stuff?" And well, right, um, there's something impressive about it too. I yeah, guess. it's it's a it was a good it was interesting. But also, I found that disturbing when she said, "Yeah, that. definitely." Yeah. And you I think it is. It's, oh, it's many. It chills you. It's, it's many yeah, it's levels. Complex. It's like sad. It's like it's everything you want for them to like idolize you sort of in some way but then it's upset I mean it's it, it's really complicated appreciate my piano playing <laughs> <laughs> yes or the frittata I made yeah. that's right I could teach you that how to <laughs> yes yeah. that's funny you say that we just recently were trimming out a line of you saying uh, well my mother's not as good of a cook as your mother because we realized we'd never had you cook anything but eggs <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious that was Frank's favorite line about uh, the frittata. He's still, frittata. Still, still, I can still make you a frittata. <laughs> I know. Yes. Because the way he hits frittata is like, <laughs> yeah. I, I right. didn't, I'm always like, how many teas are in frittata? That's, well, you know what's great about that is the secret story is that's, there were many, many a KGB agent that he kept in the safe house with his frittatas. That's our, that's our secret story. It's just, that's how, that's how he closed the Walker, the Walker family spy ring, frittatas, Ames, frittatas, Hansen, frittatas. He kept them all. It's a secret story. Martha, though? Frittata. Martha, no. Oh, no. Not a frittata no, She had to be no. exfiltrated. Yes. She didn't go yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I make a wonderful exfiltration. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that. Eggs the Rosenbergs. The Rosenbergs. Frittatas. Frittatas. Frittata. The thing with William was really sweet, and it was about uh, Elizabeth and, and Philip, mm-hmm. even though they weren't there. He, he started to mumble a few things in his sort of long slow suicide and of course we as viewers were like scared oh what's he gonna say because he's kind of delirious he's out of control like you're you're messing with us there you're manipulating us you're making us scared that's your job of course but like to what extent are you conscious of sort of i can go to seven maybe 7.5 but i can't go to eight like to what extent are you conscious of your how you're manipulating the emotions of the viewers in, in that kind of scene. I think that's what we do. <laughs> I well, think that's our job. Do we tune in individual words uh, to I, like, yeah. you, you go too far and it doesn't, it doesn't work. The whole scene can fall. If mm. you tune that knob half a dial, half a dial too much, the scene can feel fake and bump the viewer out. You don't go far enough. You didn't get the motion you can out of the scene. I mean, I think that's, that's right. That's the bottom line is to tune that knob to a place where you can't hear it's, 
being run through a knob. <laughs> that's that's the technical yeah, answer. Technical you know, you ask about finales, and another thing occurs to me. I think about each of our four finales in the progression of this relationship, and I'd be curious, like, to hear you guys think about it in that context. At the end of season one, come home, and then you come home, and the end of season two is. I told him to stay away from our daughter, and Elizabeth saying, "Well, I don't know, maybe this could be a good thing." for her remember that day and then <laughs> yeah and then uh you know the end of last season with i think it was i think it was good for her <laughs> and, and philip saying i'm not sure <laughs> and now th- it's funny because i again with all that each of those represents kind of a, a progression in the relationship and now here's elizabeth watching from above but there's in that triangle, it seems to me the strongest connection is between the parents, even though they're they're separate in that moment. Can can you talk about what it if you think about those markers from finale to finale to finale? Does that put the experience into a different perspective for you guys? Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You go first. You're like I'm gonna steal your answer. <laughs> I'll take it and add to it. Um, well. Okay, I would say in a broad stroke, interestingly, in the way that younger relationships are so much about kind of grappling with, you know, where each other belongs and there's like a competition and there's different ideals and I feel like the end of this season, you've been through so much and a lot of the grappling, although there was a lot of that, you know, the Martha stuff I think was really telling and I, I really enjoyed that because it was such a human um, marriage relationship um, but I, I think they're really a team now I mean the the unit is the family and they're kind of a little bit less grappling with jockeying for position and and who's going where and who's doing that and like this is our unit and how are we going to protect our unit and it's pretty solid don't you think? I agree. I think either we were, especially season one and two, we were great loggerheads with each other, and now we're unified in log loggerheading with others. And I th- and I think going back to what we said about when Gabriel has that scene with us, because you can go back. I th- I think that's a great unifying rug pull for the pair of them, mm-hmm. that where they actually realize, oh, we we have each other. Yeah. That's what we have now. I think that was a huge moment for them as a couple. Also in that way that when you're offered something that you sort of idealize, I mean, it's something we, we talk about too. Um, you know, if you're from a place that's like, you know, Matthew's from Wales and he, I think him and his friends constantly talk about Wales in this idealistic way and, you know, oh, it's so great and it's so, and I'm always, you know, who are we with reason? There was like, but it's like, there's the work isn't that, you know, I think, I think uh, Elizabeth might idealize home or in this way that maybe doesn't, isn't quite there anymore. Mm. Um, and I think it, she was offered it in that w- moment, like it's time to go home. And then you're like, oh, oh wait, uh, maybe I don't want that. Actually, maybe sure. I don't want that. So Dylan Baker in this episode, he did the thing that is the only way you've ever really know that you're done with the Americans, which is he died. <laughs> so his arc was just limited to this season. But what was it like to work with Dylan Baker 
It's that, fantastic. That's actor. actually what I say now when there are actors who come up to us and say like, oh, we, oh, we really like your show. I say, you should come on our show and get killed. It's <laughs> <laughs> really fun. Um, he's so fun, Dylan. He's so naughty and fun. He has, he has this completely other voice and mischievous <laughs> quality about him that's so um refreshing on our show I, yeah I, I think th- i think it brings an element of humor in that yeah in that way that the life william has led uh, ha- i think has <laughs> created a great deal of bitterness <laughs> yeah. and that and it's kind of vented in a sort of very sardonic and acerbic way which is this which makes light of incredibly heavy things and he does that effortlessly yeah he's so good i'm gonna nominate the moment in the park when he takes off running as the funniest yeah. moment ever in the Americans. And you just sort of look at each other and he's sort of loping. He's going kind of running, loping, and just not a match for you guys. And he's like, I guess we'll run after him. <laughs> oh my gosh. But he's he's he, so funny. He and then you're going to so spit funny. in his face. Ooh, that was, that, yes. I, with the whole evening, I couldn't, we couldn't keep laughing. it together yeah. because Dylan was mocking his own laugh as well. At the same time, <laughs> Kevin Dowling was going, you really need to take off like lightning after him. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> and it wouldn't then, be fair. And then after the rehearsal, he's like, okay, maybe share a look and then take off like lightning. And he's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, what is that look? <laughs> like, we're trying to find oh out what that God. look is. Like, is he really running away from us? Uh, and then spitting in his face and Dylan making... <laughs> Porno references. It was so, <laughs> you, can cut, you can cut that out. Um, it was. He's it so was funny. hilarious. And he's so good, and just like you know, he just has such a different energy than mm. he doesn't do serious spy talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he can wither you with a look. Yeah. He also kind of he did that thing what that often happens where somebody you know you're you're the good person and you never will complain and then somebody complains and suddenly you kind of find yeah. yourself a little bit complainy. But not, oh, I, not think Phil, com- I think Philip's ripe for a good complaint. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he shies away from a good old moan. Yeah, I agree. I big fuss, a big fuss is coming. He loves a big fuss. He's like, he gave, like <laughs> Frank Langella often says, oh, is this you just complaining again? And I'm like, no, no, I'm presenting a point. You're like, you're complaining. That's so true. So for, for Joe and Joel, looking back over the arc of the whole season, can you say what you thought were the biggest developments? What were the most important things like in the things that you tend to really focus on, like character and just little moments? What, what were the key moments for you? Well, uh, th- there are some obvious ones, which is we got to the end of the Nina story. We got to the end of the Martha story. We got to the end of the Gad story. Oh my so God. there was a lot of story this season that propelled us through. And then I think... The biggest thing to me, I'd be curious to hear what Joe has to say, was the advancement of this marriage story and this family story and how the relationship with Paige transformed them as parents and totally kind of turned the family dynamic so that in a way, if you think about that final final moment of season one where Paige walks down in the laundry room and looks around, in a way, by the end of season four, you have Henry heading off to his room after Philip has said, oh, it's nothing, they're fine, they're, they're, they're fine, and Henry goes, okay, and he goes to his room, and there's this feeling that now Henry's in that position, Can and I there's tra- the three of them. I just want to say, there's this look he gave me, and it, ju- it really slapped me in the face. 
just before he goes into his room, he just turned and looked at me like, really? Uh-huh. And I just went, ah, it's happening again. Joe? I mean, I was essentially going to say the exact same thing. And I, I think it's, I don't know that this was entirely planned. Some of it was, but some of it really came together as, as we as we broke the season that put simply, Philip and Elizabeth ended up on the same page about what to do with Paige. And then she got out in front of them. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of jokes been made on set about being on the same page. <laughs> oh, it's, it's hard to it's I, hard to I, not I, have it happen. I, it's, we, for, we've been years. We're gonna this. we're gonna years put a jar this. out next year and it's collect hard nickels. Not put it in the script. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Philip and Elizabeth uh, agreed on this. <laughs> That's it for this week and indeed for the whole season. Thanks again to Kerry Russell, Matthew Reese, Joel Fields and Joe Weisberg for joining us to discuss the season four finale, Persona Non Grata. Thanks again for listening. As the season comes to an end, we'd like to give a special thanks to Sarah Nolan, Stephen Lerner and Matt Fleischer for all their help with logistics, gifts and ice cream. We couldn't have done it without them. I'm June Thomas. Our producer is Henry Malofsky. This show is part of the Panoply Network.